I remember visiting a woman who was anywhere from 94 to 97 years old, depending on what day she referenced her age. She was confused, and I was there because my uh, role at that particular time was to kind of help with odd jobs around the house. But she really didn't care about any odd jobs around the house. All she wanted to do was talk. And so I listened. Now, she was more than a little confused. There was the time, for example, that she told me that her father had gotten very upset with her the night before because she was making mistakes playing the piano, which she had done her entire life. But in those same instances, there were times where she would kind of recover a bit. And after she told me about her father scolding her the night before, she looked at me with a little bit of a twinkle in her eye and said, and you know, if I'm 97 years old, you can just imagine how old my father is. The hard part was that she was living in the house that she was born in, and she had a very tragic life. The man she was to marry uh, died in an automobile accident a week before their wedding, and she never married. But she did live in this house. They had disconnected almost anything that could potentially be dangerous because of her uh, condition, and she received three meals a day from Meals on Wheels. And so really there was little that she needed. But there were people who uh, decided that this was not good for her to be living alone, and they wanted to move her to a nursing home. They took her there. They said how wonderful everything was, that how much she enjoyed and loved the place. And maybe she did kind of say those things. But after they had left and I was coming in, when I sat at the table with her, she looked at me, she pounded the table with her fist, and said, they have no right to take me from my home. Now, I have to say, at 97 years old, with meals being provided, I didn't see the harm of letting her stay alone by herself. I mean, if she fell, she fell, and then she'd have to go somewhere else. But the reality was, she seemed to be quite uh, content in her home and safe. People came to check on her. It strikes me that one of the challenges was they allowed the confusion to take precedence over the truth. That there were times when she was lucid. There were times when we had wonderful conversations where she would tell me about her life and the things that she had done in this small town. That's the experience I think we see in both the first reading and the gospel. In the first reading, people that should have known better, been attentive to God's work in the world, were not. Despite the miraculous cure of this man who was leaping and jumping because he discovered newfound mobility, they simply couldn't see the hand of God. They could acknowledge that something really miraculous had occurred, but it was beyond the pale for them to see 
that two men that they saw weren't very educated could do such miraculous things. In the gospel, we have a similar circumstance. The eleven, who should have known better, have difficulty as people come and recount their experiences of the risen Christ. They do not believe. It begs the question, I think, for us, how willing are we to believe the witness of people who have God doing great things in their lives? How much, like the Sanhedrin, do we sometimes find ourselves so stuck in our way of seeing things that we can't see the hand of God, that we can't see the work of Jesus? For indeed, each one of us has been recipient of a miracle. God's forgiveness of our sins is miraculous. It's hard for us to do that, but it's nature for God. His love is one of forgiveness. We have been the recipient of miracles because we have received him in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, body, blood, soul, divinity. And it seems to me on a day when we are installing Joseph as an acolyte, there is a reminder for us that's quite important. Had the Sanhedrin and had the Eleven had the attitude of service, serving God most notably, I think it would have been easier for them to see the work of God. But because I think in the first reading especially, they were interested in preserving something rather than witnessing to something, they missed the sign. And so we ask God to open our eyes, to expand our hearts, so that we might see the risen Christ wherever he appears to us and be ready to share that with each other.